Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, back for another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, we are breaking down and recapping Super Bowl 55 between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get a big win against the Chiefs. The Chiefs held without a score, just three field goals by Butker. Otherwise, the Pant- uh, the Buccaneers defense um, absolutely shelling uh, the otherwise unfazed Chiefs this entire postseason. And frankly, back to last three years, Brady gets another one, his seventh of his career, 10 total Super Bowls. And I couldn't think of two better guests to have on the podcast to break down Brady's 10th Super Bowl appearance, seventh Super Bowl victory than my good friends and lifetime legitimate Patriots and Brady fans than Alex and Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. Boys, welcome back in. It's been a while. Chris, you and I did a weekly uh, TCK recap during the uh, season, but haven't talked to you since the playoffs started. And Alex, it's been quite a while since we've had you on as well. First of all, how are you boys holding up and how stoked are you? Or are you stoked at all that Brady leaves the Patriots after 20 years, goes south, gets some sunshine, and before he retires, gets another ring, but not for the Patriots, for the Buccaneers. How are we doing, boys? I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm uh... – I was actually pretty happy for him. And for some reason, I was nervous. I was nervous about the game. I don't know why the Pats aren't in it. But, you know, we got two boys in it, Gronk, Brady. There there wasn't a reason for me to be nervous. But, yet, I was still stoked. My man pulled through. He got his seventh. Greatest of all time. No questions asked. Chris? Yeah, so, yeah. So, so this is Chris here. That was just Alex. (laughs) Um, Yes, guys. So, so. You know, I, I I actually took the opposite realm. I think Alex might have been a little bit nervous because he had some money on the game, and I didn't. I uh, I felt pretty – I actually felt pretty confident going into the game. As I was watching pregame, uh, I just kind of just – I got more reminded as to, like, how balanced the Bucks were as a team collectively. And so we'll get into the game itself and kind of how we felt. But, yeah, man, obviously, you know, as a Pats fan, Brady, Brady homers, we're, we're feeling pretty good today. So we're happy for him. Big win, 31-9. to nine. Again, the Chiefs held without a touchdown, which is incredible. But the the Buccaneers' offense was running well, and the defense played incredibly well. Uh, kind of surprised that Todd Bowles doesn't get the uh, Super Bowl MVP, in my opinion. Um, Alex, I want to start with you, man. You and Eric, uh, the other piece of the commission FFP on your side, 
you guys made a great video uh, heading into the game. And I know that you also do commission bets weekly with Desmond as well. So first of all, kind of take us through maybe some of the player props or the bets that you had on the line. You don't need to discuss your uh, dollar amounts. If you'd like to keep that private, that's fine. But just kind of in general, what did you put um, some bets on? What was your mindset heading into the game? And again, you guys are lifetime Brady and, and Patriots uh, fans. So even if you're nervous, you're having the confidence. You've seen him do this literally nine other times, which is just fucking phenomenal. Um, but what was kind of the, the mentality going into it for you as far as the betting lines, wanting to pick your boy, but also knowing that you have the almighty Chiefs on the other side? Yeah, so I actually got uh, pretty lucky on, on one ticket where the everywhere on Twitter and just the forecast of, of Tampa, it said it was supposed to absolutely downpour, right? So I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to take the plus three for Tampa, and then I'm going to take the under. Way before it wasn't going to rain, I was going to take the over. So I ended up take, taking the under. Then I'm watching the game. I'm like, it's, it's not even raining. So I was getting pretty nervous about that. But obviously, I took Tampa plus three and the under of 56, and that ended up hitting. Um, but my mindset going into that game, was like Chris said, Tampa Bay was is a lot more balanced as um, as a team. So there, my, my key points to the game, if anybody listened to um, Commission Bets, was if they were able to keep Mahomes contained, which they did, put pressure in his face. This it's going to be a long game for him, and and it was. Um, and you brought up uh, the little shtick that me and Eric did. So Eric was in the shower. He yells, we got a great idea. Like, well, what is it? So he comes out with this uh, unbiased opinion, but obviously it was totally biased. Um, and then we were actually pretty close with the score. I think I said like 52-10. Eric said uh, 60 to 7. But um, obviously we we're way off the radar. But actually it was somewhat of a blowout. But yeah, my mindset was uh, Tampa had a, a great defense. And honestly, that was the only team, I think, from the NFC side that could compete with the high powering um, Kansas City Chiefs uh, off offense. So Chris, why do you think, um, and I, I might be guilty of this. I've been saying the last couple of weeks to save my ass to anyone not paying attention the last uh, bit of the season. I'm certainly not a Brady hater and that's true. I've never necessarily been a Patriot hater either. I just like the Yankees, like the Lakers. <laughs> when teams are great for so long, if you're not an actual fan, like I'm a legit Warriors fan. So when they were doing their run with Katie and I think I was the only one around not pissed at that situation. Um, Chris, why do you think it is that people, first of all, uh, you know, dislike uh, Tom Brady, um, but also kind of like don't give him uh, the street cred that he's earned, obviously. Um, I'm going to go through some stats here in a minute. But, uh, you know, he's he's literally done this more than anybody else. He now literally has more individual Super Bowl wins than any other franchise in the NFL. Brady has seven wins and um, the Patriots and the Steelers have six as a franchise each. Yeah. The Niners and the Cowboys have five apiece and nobody else has more than that. So why do you think he just he still is doubted? Um, is it just age? Is it his attitude? Is it what do you think the knocks are on Brady consistently? Yeah, it's kind of like a Pandora's box of issues with Tom Brady. So, I mean, at first, you you know, if you were to sort of dissect it from the early, early days, he was a little bit of like the Russell Wilson young kid, uh, you know, had some early success, fun to watch, uh, you know, had a rival in Peyton Manning, uh, but then was also part of a great team. And when they had first won their first dynasty, like 
everybody loved Tom Brady. Like there wasn't a single person who didn't like Tom Brady, but after a while, when you win so freaking much, like people start to get upset with that. And then in the manner in which they would win starts to, you know, starts to get under people's skin. And then you have the whole Spygate scandal and then you have the deflate gate scandal. So, you know, when you're, when you, when you've been around as long as Tom Brady has, like, it's not a perfect journey. And so it starts to become easy for people who play against Tom Brady to not like him. And obviously people in the AFC East hate Tom Brady. And then if you're a Broncos fan, you hate Tom Brady. And if you're, you know, a Rams fan, you hate Tom Brady. If you're an Eagles fan, you hate Tom Brady. It's like, you can compile like at least 12 teams in the NFL who Brady's just, you know, daddied over the past, you know, two decades. And you can easily come up with a, a really strong pocket of fans that just don't like him based on his career. And then they use ammo from, you know, maybe mishaps in his career to, to level against him. But the reality is, is that when you look at the body of work, I'm starting to get to the point, and, you know, I was talking to some, some, some IG friends and Twitter friends and everyone's at the point now. It's like, look, you might hate the guy, but there's no, there's no question that the, the, the respect that you have to give him is absolutely there. Like, and I think, I think it was about there for most people, but we're now talking about the greatest athlete in team sports history. This is no longer just like the greatest athlete in football. He's up there with Michael Jordan. Like we're talking about the best athlete ever in every team sport we've ever seen. And he's still playing. So there's a level of, I think everyone is there at this point, almost everybody where we get to actually just sit back and just watch the greatest thing that ever happened to us ever. Right. And so this is a very special moment in history. And for those of you, you know, who don't quite, you know, maybe for the younger TCK listeners, like this is, you'll, we'll never see this ever again, ever. Like this is not going to happen ever in any sport, in any lifetime ever. It's just too complicated of a game to have, to have this happen to us. And we're just very fortunate to be able to see it happen live. And that's kind of like every year we get to watch Tom Brady play, just count your lucky stars that Giselle lets him play another year, that he still has <laughs> that competitive drive. And, you know, we actually get to witness it happen live because it's not going to happen ever again. I mean, we're going to get the, you know, we'll get Mahomes and we'll get Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen for however long they'll play. But look, football is a very tough game and it's, it's just very difficult to do what he's done. And it's, you know, borderline impossible. If Mahomes gets four rings or five rings, it's still not seven, right? It's like just the level of difficulty to do it is incredibly difficult. So uh, yeah, so, so that's kind of my, that's, that would be like my short summary as to why people hate him. And, but you know, we got to take a step back and just appreciate what we have. Let's talk about overall the dominance. And again, Alex, I'll, I'll start with you here. Like, you know, we, we, we dial back to the early two thousands coming in with the, you know, the Patriots play the Rams first and the Panthers and the Eagles the first time. And he's played the Rams twice. He's played the Eagles twice, which I think is pretty incredible. Played the giants twice, obviously in the Super Bowls as well, which I think just think is kind of, more insane when you think about it not only has he played 10 teams but he's played multiple teams multiple times he's been around long enough to to achieve that um the Patriots win Brady's and I'll, I'll just keep saying Brady I know there's the defense and there's Belichick and there's McDaniels and there's you know uh all these other factors kickers um as to what helped them get over the hump but Brady's the common denominator we'll get through that the the Patriots to start won their first three over the Rams, over the uh, uh, Panthers, over the Eagles. They win all those games by a field goal. Then they get upended, of course, by the Giants, two Super Bowls in a row, 17-14 the first one, 21-17 the next one. They bounce back years later against the Seahawks, of course, the pick uh, on the goal line there. They up in the Falcons somehow in that incra- uh, crazy 28-3 deficit. They come back and they get upended by the Philly Special, 
um, with the Eagles. They get over the Rams, and I think, you know, a pretty horrendous Super Bowl, but nonetheless, they get it done 13-3 to a couple years ago, and of course, this year, big 31-9 over the Chiefs. Alex, I'll start with you. You guys have been rooting for this guy and 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 been a Patriots fan since you guys were kids. Um, I I told Chris this way early on in the season. I can't relate to Brady because Brady's in his own Mount Rushmore, but I did have the luxury of seeing the end of Montana and at least have the Montana bloodline lineage in my family. And that's I think one of the only other people that can compare to something like this in football, at least. But still, Brady's doubled him up. Um, what was your favorite? Patriots slash Buccaneers Brady Super Bowl uh, and why was it the first one as a kid was it one later on was it when they took about a decade off came back and started a whole new dynasty Uh, was there a certain game that developed a certain way that that uh, you appreciated the most Um, was it this one when he transfers down starts it over with a new team and gets it done in the first season which is absolutely unheard of Alex I'll start with you Chris I'll get into yours um, as well what was your favorite Brady Super Bowl and why yeah, so the the first three, I, I I was a little young when Brady actually won his first one, um, and then the second and third, I was still kind of young, but I still have a little bit of recollection. Um, and then, so my my favorite one was probably against Atlanta. You you can't write a, a script like that. Nobody ever has ever came back from that deficit the way that Brady that the way that Brady did. Um, and first of all, I was in college when that happened, and it was electrifying. It like the the room, the house was literally jumping. The house I was in was literally jumping. It you can't basically make make that up. You know, you're sitting back as a Pats fan, and you're watching. There's absolutely no way that this man can come back from this or this team. Sure as shit, what does he do? He wins. He wins another Super Bowl. And uh, I think that was probably probably the best one. It was uh, one of the, the greatest feelings. I, I couldn't imagine what he felt, but it was one of the greatest feelings, just knowing just how great this this human being is. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to say uh, Atlanta, the Atlanta Super Bowl. Chris, before I get into you, uh, just a one-word answer, yes or no to you guys. Uh, hater is a strong word. We are big-time football fans, sports fans. I know we're baseball nerds as well. Um, I'm not saying that you guys hate a player like Peyton Manning, but there is an obvious rivalry just in greatness. It's a greatness rivalry between Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady as Patriot and Tom Brady fans. Do you guys have a disdain? I'll put it that way against Brady or, or against Peyton Manning, excuse me, or was it kind of a friendly fire? And I'll, I'll get to my point here on this, but I'd like to hear from me, each of you guys. Were you obviously you want Brady to win the matchups, but were you like, not liking Peyton Manning when he played or you respected him, but you wanted Brady to win when they went head to head. Yeah. I, I think as a kid, as a kid, I, I definitely did not like Peyton Manning at all. Like, you know, growing up, I think as I got older, I started to appreciate, you know, exactly what I was watching, like the older I got. Right. Similarly to how I appreciate any real great talent nowadays. Uh, but you know, what's funny. I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned the other sport, um, you know, being baseball. I, I hate, I quote unquote hate Derek Jeter. Like some people hate Tom Brady because we're from Boston (laughs) and he is the epicenter of the New York Yankees, which is our greatest rival. He never left. Right. It's like he was a Yankee for life and he kind of, um, uh, sort of like, yeah, exactly. And, And like, but he does it in a Brady kind of way. Like he never had the flashiest numbers really 
you know, he was always an all-star, always a lead. He was more of a leader than he was anything else. And, you know, Brady is kind of that way. Like I don't, Brady, Brady, what led the league a few times in passing. Like, like obviously they had that 2007 season, but like outside of that, but never really led the NFL in numbers, the way Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning did. He was just a freaking killer when it came to the big time games. So, yeah. So, I mean, Peyton Manning, yes, obviously was Tom Brady's rival uh, for, for pretty much much of his career. Um, but definitely, I mean, Derek Jeter was the guy we hated the most. And that's like, that's kind of how I would compare if I had to think or empathize with people who hate Tom Brady, that's kind of how I would think about it. Alex, you feel the same? Yeah. So, so I, when I was younger, you know, you, you walk in, they're, they're playing the Colts. They're like, Oh geez, they're, they're playing Peyton Manning. You know, it's never, it's never a good game. But like Chris said, as you get older, you kind of respect the way that that man played the game. It was, it was always, he was always a class act. He, he played the game well. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, same thing with Derek Jeter. They're 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 the same person. You know, um, he, he was always that thorn thorn in your back, and you just never left. And he was big time moments when he was up. He always just stuck it to you. You know, so um, yeah, I feel I feel the same way. But it's kind of different the way that people I feel like feel about Tom Brady. Like they generally hate this man. It's crazy. I think it, I think there is a lot of the stigma though, all the, all the deflate gates and everything else uh, around him, spy gates and shit that, that like, whether they're true or not, whatever, they're all kind of ambiguous, but Robert Kraft has had his own shit. Belichick, nobody likes him because he's grumpy. And I think it's just the idea of the the Patriot way. You hear a lot of ex players either loving it or hating it uh, the way that it is in new England and things. So I think it just kind of has a kind of a dark cloud, but I agree with you guys. The reason I bring it up, Peyton Manning, of course, in the, the hall of fame this year, um, but also, I think what made Alex to your point the 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 Patriots' victory over the Falcons at that time, Super Bowl Fifty One, what made it maybe extra sweet for Patriots fans, I would imagine anyway, is that was a year after Peyton Manning um, in Super Bowl Fifty um, went to the Super Bowl, and I think that you know again we're we're talking five six years ago, and this was when Peyton Manning was done. Uh, Tom Brady was done. These guys were old. They were just trying to get one more and leave. Obviously Brady's like in the fucking prime of his career somehow right now. But um, I think it was that, you know, there was a lot of talk of Manning getting that Super Bowl, and then Brady kind of like, well, you know, Manning's the only one that's been able to handle Brady in the playoffs. And so for him to get that, I think that was the, the next thing that Brady had to achieve if anything left and then they come out the next year and get the Super Bowl victory not only the win but the way they did it against a then incredible MVP quarterback uh, Matt Ryan and whatnot with a 28-3 lead so pretty magical game there on on a number of uh, fronts uh, I'll kind of oh, actually Sky one more thing on that point uh, not, not to cut you off but before we move on here I want to just make one more note about the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl that was actually the year where Tom Brady f- had gotten suspended from his deflate gate. So first wh- four games, right? Was yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And if you remember, um, and this is the thing, right? As a Pats fan, you remember these things. And as an NFL fan, you might not. But if you remember when the Pats won that game, Robert Kraft said when he got the Lombardi trophy from yeah. Roger Goodell that this one was this one was unequivocally, unequivocally the sweetest. And what he meant by that was not the way that they won the game. It was what that they had to endure over the last 18 months with Tom Brady basically being in the, the NFL, you know, the quote unquote NFL doghouse. So, so that in and of itself, that game itself was one of the greatest games of all time. But that season was basically a middle finger to corporate NFL, who in our eyes obviously tried to stick it to Brady with little evidence. It was simply based on a Chris Mortensen story that was, you know, obviously an untrue story when you actually look at the facts of the case. So not to be biased, but just saying that's really what happened 
from our perspective. And that's why, you know, you would sit there and think the Atlanta Falcons game had much more meaning than just the way that they came back in that game. Totally. Just, it's just another, you know, commission unbiased bias opinion. That's fine. <laughs> hey, um, we look at, we look at things objectively. It just happens to sway in our favor. That's all. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so Chris, would you, would you piggyback then on that game or do you have another one? No, no that, that one is my game. I would say that that's my favorite yeah. one. Um, I, th- I actually thought that the LA Rams game was quite fun to watch as kind of a defensive yeah. matchup. Um, and, and obviously we haven't talked much about the past Super Bowl, the, you know, obviously the one that happened yesterday, uh, but this is the first one. And Alex, I'm sure you can agree. We didn't really stress that much. Like we were kind of, I was kind of sitting back, like just yeah. watching the game. I was very much feeling pretty good. Like other, other Tom Brady Super Bowls are not quite that way. I mean, you kind of brought it up. <laughs> they, they've, they've collectively been won by what is it like you know, 10 points or something like that? Something mm-hmm. crazy. So, so yeah, this, this one was quite, quite nice to just watch him win without much stress and just earn his seventh ring. It was like, all right, perfect. We've been waiting for this one. <laughs> as, as an objective fan, just a fan of, of, of football, obviously a, a fantasy nerd. And, you know, I've been doing this shit for watching football for 20, 25 years myself. Um, just as an objective, not Patriot hater, but not necessarily a fan either over the years, watching them do what they're doing is just kind of, it gets to this point, like the Yankees in the early nineties, right. When I was like in little league watching the games and I was a fan of every other team, not a Yankee hater, but a fan of the Red Sox and the Indians and just somebody else to take them out, the Mariners. And they just couldn't. Um, I think the biggest thing is just like, you become so numb because it's so great. Like the bulls dynasty twice, you just become numb. If you're not in Detroit or Seattle, Mm -hmm. the supersonics or something, you just kind of like, oh, fucking, you know, if you didn't watch the game somehow, you're just like, oh, shit, Brady won another one. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And I don't you know think what? you take the time to, to think about what it actually fucking means. I mean, no. to win two or three in a row early in his career is unprecedented, right? Um, yeah. But to do it like after another decade and then do it again. I mean, you look at all these different memes going around and all these stories on ESPN. He's literally has two separate Hall of Fame careers. And separate in the two different 10-year dynasties, which Kobe Bryant did the same, which is pretty incredible. But for fantasy, he's also – he's had like three separate uh, careers, if you will, right? It's just um, pretty phenomenal. And I think what what the biggest thing I look at when I look at all these, you know, uh, Brady Super Bowls laid out in front of me, um, he lost to the Giants by three points on that impro- um, improbable David Tyree helmet catch. If that's an incompletion, the game's over. It was third and 15. Eli should have been sacked fucking nine times on that play, not to remind you boys. But that was an incredible, you know, play, and it happens. The next one, the throw down the sideline, then Plaxico Burris, they lose by four. The next one is the Philly special, which nobody had seen before that play. Now everybody does it. They lose that one by eight. So they're literally a touchdown or a couple incompletions or maybe a penalty or two away from winning literally every fucking Super Bowl he's been in, which mm-hmm. he's literally a couple snaps away from 10 for 10. And that's not an yeah. exaggeration. You look at this, that's no bullshit. He's literally an incompletion, uh, uh, a deflection, you know, a uh, 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 penalty somewhere else away from, from 10 Super Bowl wins. And if you think of it that way, it's not a blemish record. Like a seven and three sounds cool, but it's still three losses. You think about it, like literally five plays away from 10 Super Bowls. Um, there's no conversation. Yeah. yeah and, and, and uh, Alex, I'd be curious to hear what you think as well, but it, 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 we're not like as Pats fans, like we're not obviously unaware that he could also be like three and six going into that game. Right. Because like, you know, we're talking about like Russell Wilson running the ball instead of throwing it. Uh, you know, the cool. catch that the catch that Edelman made, like, those are, you know, these are, these are obviously things that went in Brady's favor on those games as well. 
Um, and, and so, you know, we obviously understand that, but it just goes to the, you know, goes to the leadership that Tom Brady has, which is the reason he's in these positions to actually win football games. Um, but there's one thing I want to touch on quickly. And Alex, I'd be very curious to hear what you think about this. So as I'm watching the game, Sky, and to your point, it's as far as like the, 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 the length of Tom Brady's career, it felt like a lot of people were kind of on the buck side in this game. I like, like, I don't think anyone feels bad for the Chiefs that they really lost. I think a lot of people are very excited to have seen Tom Brady overcome the adversity that he did yep. without Belichick in this, in 2020, in the COVID, the COVID environment season, and, and watch him do what he did. Like, like there's a new, I almost feel like there's like a newfound respect for Tom Brady uh, after, the, after this Super Bowl that, what did, that didn't exist prior to the season. That's easy. That's easy. You can bring it up. And, and Alex, uh, just want to jump in here for one second. I'll let you take it away. Um, again, as an objective fan, I totally agree with you. And, and I think here's why it's less about not liking Tom Brady and it's more about not liking the Patriots and Tom Brady is the Patriots with Belichick. Right. They sever right. ties. He goes down to Tampa. Nobody dislikes Tampa. They've never been fucking good. They had one <laughs> yeah. year with John Gruden in exactly. 2002 where they get the upset victory over the Oakland Raiders who was supposed to beat their ass and they didn't. There's no reason to dislike Bruce Arians, their coaching staff, which is all uh, people of color, minorities, two women on staff. There's no reason to root against the Buccaneers as a franchise. Then you have Tom Brady and you're like, yeah, well, fuck that guy. He's beat my team a bunch. But if you're going to lose, lose to the best. Right. So I think it because it wasn't the pay, if he did this again with the Patriots, there would still be a lot of vitriol, I think, because he did it under the circumstances, bringing in fucking AB, bringing in Gronk, like bringing in Fournette, a bunch of outcasts. He's like, hey, guys, you want to go fucking have some fun? He brings in all these rejects who wouldn't have even had a job if not for the Brady effect, gets them fucking rings, frankly. And I think it's something that people could like put their competitiveness aside and be like, you know what? Mahomes is the new Brady. We all know that eventually. But to see this happen one more time, if, if never again, this is pretty special. And I said this on the podcast last week. It reminded me of like the Jordan documentary when they were trying to like take the throne and take the throne. It was the next guy to take the throne. And Jordan was like, fuck you guys. Like you have to go through me to get <laughs> right. the throne. And, exactly. and I think this whole passing the torch. Yes. That story would have had its own merit, but Brady's kind of like, mm, not yet, you know, <laughs> and for him to, to kind of shut totally down agree. the new kid one more time, I think was pretty special. So objective fans, I think could root for him versus root against him, not that they were even rooting against the Chiefs. So that's that's where I come up. But Alex, uh, go ahead. No, I, I completely agree. And I feel like this Super Bowl, what Super Bowl win for Brady was kind of like a big weight off his shoulders because every other Super Bowl and every other narrative that people were coming up with was, oh, it was Bill Belichick and the Brady and the uh, New England Patriots defense. You know, and, and I feel like, what what can they say about this now? You know, I mean, granted, yes, Tampa Bay had a great defense, but it's not because of like, they can't say, oh, it's because of Bill Belichick now. You know, and let me let me say this now. Listen, Bill Belichick, he had a twenty four and twenty seven record when without Tom Brady at QB. So I mean, that that goes to show you that he needs Tom Brady. You know, and uh, another outrageous stat is that Brady has a better chance of winning the Super Bowl than Steph Curry does of making a three-point shot. Tom Alabama Brady has been – that. 
Tom Brady has been to 48% of his seasons. He's been to a Super Bowl. And Steph Curry has a 43% chance of making a three-pointer. And we all know that Ray Allen is just the next one left, the only one left for Steph Curry to pass up for the greatest shooter of all time. Um, Yeah, absolutely phenomenal what uh, what Tom Brady's done. And it's been a lot of fun, I'm sure, for you guys to watch uh, multiple dynasties. And um, it's just pretty pretty incredible to see what he's he's done here. Um, Boys, it is a fantasy podcast. You guys obviously have your own. Five more minutes here. Let's dive into some quick fantasy analysis. Obviously, we just got done with the 2020 season. Everybody's pretty exhausted, but we're super fantasy nerds. We keep going year-round. You guys on the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast go year-round as well. Obviously, the boys are crushing it on the dynasty end for you guys, too, a separate podcast through your brand. So make sure the TCK Potters go find that out. But before we get out of here, quick thoughts, and maybe you guys can bounce and pick a couple players between the two of you. Let's go through the 2021 Buccaneers, assuming things stay the same, and then maybe a couple audibles if guys leave. Tom Brady already said in his press conference after the game with Jim Nance, he's coming back, and he kind of looked at Jim Nance. He was like, you already know that, bro. I told you that. You know, blah, blah, blah. So Brady, Brady's coming back. Arians will be there. Leftwich will be there. Should be the same squad. Um, now, the guts of the receiving core and the running backs are going to be interesting. Fournette could end up leaving. Ronald Jones, maybe he's the guy. Maybe he's not. They still have – uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, who they drafted in the third round, is he going to get another opportunity? You look at the pass catchers, obviously Gronkowski, he'll probably stick around if Brady does, but he just came out of retirement. Mike Evans should be around, but you have Antonio Brown, who's a loose cannon. He might be gone as well. Chris Godwin's a free agent. Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller could take those positions, but are they going to be up to that par? And then you have Cameron Braid as well. And OJ Howard, who everybody's forgotten about, who could potentially be uh, in in the squad as well if he doesn't leave to free agency too. So just going down the list here, you guys can bounce off each other here. How do you feel in general kind of about 2021 Buccaneers free agency? Obviously, we're going to cover all of the moves if things happen like that. What are your way too early predictions uh, for fantasy in general, either dynasty or redraft for the 21 bucks? Yeah, so if you want, Alex, I can go first here on this. Um, so, so, all right, I, I think I think the biggest question mark to me feels like it's Chris Godwin, and I think after hearing Mike Evans apparently reportedly go to Bruce Arians and basically say like, "Hey, I will give up like some of my contract to make sure we can keep the the, the unit in place." Uh, again, dude, this is the Tom Brady effect. I'm I'm just letting everybody know right now, like this is what happens when you get a taste of victory. You want to do everything you can to get it again. And so Mike Evans is now drinking out of the Tom Brady Kool-Aid, you know, Mike's special stuffed Gatorade bottle. And he now wants to give up money to keep players around so that way they can have a shot at it next year. I think he wants Chris Godwin back. And so he'll do whatever it takes to get that receiving unit in place for Tom Brady to do it again. But to be fair, the biggest piece is going to be the defense moving forward. They peaked at the right time. They had a pass rush. They played cover two pretty much the entire game. I heard they only blitzed five times. That's it. Right. And that's the formula to beat a great quarterback like like Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, not just to, not to go off fantasy too much here, but just so everybody understands, as a Pats fan, we watched the greatest offense that ever played in 2007 get destroyed by the New, the, the New York Giants by doing exactly what the Bucks defense did last night yep. to the to yep. the Kansas City Chiefs. They had a great pass rush. They had linebackers that could cover, uh, cover, cover the inside, and they they cut off, uh, they cut off the perimeters, which is exactly what Patrick Mahomes said they did, and he was scrambling all night long. So that money is going to have to go to the Bucks defense if they want to keep some of those guys. My guess is that Fournette cashes in and goes somewhere else. 
Rojo will, will still be there. We didn't see much of uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Not sure what's going to happen with him. He could take over the Fournette role. I'm not quite sure. But, uh, but yeah, I think Chris Godwin stays, which is actually going to be the biggest piece for that, uh, for that offense outside of maybe, you know, Scotty Miller, who could take that role, but, my, you know, he's no Chris Godwin. So, Alex, thoughts? No, I agree. I think people are going to be having to take some pay cuts uh, in order to, to stay on this team. They, they, they tasted what, what victory is, and, and they don't want to let it go. And uh, Brady is definitely uh, the key to that team right now. Um, and yeah, so actually, I, I think that Fournette is going to actually stay, uh, due to the fact when he was, when he was on free, uh, free agent or off the market, when the Jaguars let him go, he, yeah, no, no one else is going after him. Right. So I think he's grateful actually just to be there and just to be in the presence of actually a winning team, as far as when he was on the Jaguars. Mm. Um, but I do agree that, that Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, it's just very, they realize that it's obviously a different culture from Jameis Winston feeding the ball to, to Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin and not really relying on, on the run game so much. They realize that you kind of have to be a little bit unselfish in order to, to win. And uh, I hope to God they, they try and keep this defense together because, listen, I was high on them all year. And, um, and obviously Brady is, is the key factor to, um, to their whole entire success. Well, because we'll he doesn't suffer. throw, he was, I was going to say, yeah, because he doesn't throw picks and they're not, they're not exactly. on the field 80, 80% of the, 80% of the time exactly. winded and gassed. They come I out know. fresh. I know. <laughs> and the buck, <clears throat> there is a narrative that the Buccaneers traded stats for wins with Jameis or Brady, not throwing 5,000 yards, but behind only the chiefs, the Buccaneers offense was the number two offense in the league this year. And wouldn't you know it? Brady was uh, arguably the best passer and most efficient passer deep on the season. Boys, last question. And I'm going to let you out of here. I want you each to answer. You are making the decisions. You're either the head coach, you're the offensive coordinator, you're the GM, whoever you want to be for the New England Patriots heading into 2021. Anybody you want to yes. be. You can be Uncle Bill. You can be whatever else. What is a maybe the number one position? It's probably quarterback but number one position or the number one move in general for the franchise, either it's a player you're trying to bring in or somebody else. If you're making the, the, the call in new England, what is the first thing you're doing on day one in new England? Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Yeah. You, I mean, you need a quarterback. I mean, the, you kind of, you know, it, the, the league's built around quarterbacks. So you, you need a quarterback. Um, I am kind of under the impression, look, I have not been someone who's faded Derek Carr. I kind of like the guy. Uh, he's, I, what, he had like a pretty great uh, TD to interception, interception ratio this season. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I do know he threw over for 4,000 yards. Very I accurate. Be, I wouldn't be, uh, I would not be uh, opposed if I'm the GM to try to acquire Someone like Derek Carr, uh, not for multiple first-round picks, but I would give up a first-round pick. The Pats don't seem to be able to figure out how to draft well with that first-round pick every <laughs> single season for the last 20 years. So why spend it on you know a draft pick when you need a quarterback? Um, they have a they have a pretty good running game, and I think they could use a couple of weapons on offense. You know, and, and there's some free agents out there. So you know, look, get a quarterback that can throw the ball, not named Cam Newton and then go out, get a couple of receivers that can push the offense down the field. Their defense isn't terrible, right? So, you know, if you're, you already have Stephen Gilmore locked up. They didn't trade him. He's going to be on the team. You have J.C. Jackson. Um, you know, you, the linebacking court isn't terrible. You know, maybe you draft a couple of pass rushers. Uh, the offensive line is, is not terrible as well. 
Like the team is pretty good. They have the skeletons to be a good team. They were a playoff team with Tom Brady. They just missed the playoffs with Cam Newton. They're a quarterback away from being, you know, again, potentially a wild card team. I doubt they dethrone the Buffalo Bills in the next five to six years with Josh Allen there, but they can always make the wild card. But look, the AFC, the, the quote unquote AFC least is becoming a pretty strong division. So between, you know, a seven and nine Pats team, which is always tough under Bill Belichick on any given Sunday, you have an, you have an emerging Dolphins team. And then you obviously have the AFC front runners uh, with, um, with the, the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Like there, it's going to be a tough division. So you have to compete. You need a quarterback. Alex, uh, other than the quarterback position and that necessity, what would you be doing with the Patriots? No. So yeah, I agree. I agree with Chris a hundred percent. So first things first, listen, the culture has changed in New England. We're stuck back in 2007 with Bill Belichick's motto, next man up. You know, we listen, the, the NFL is evolving and we're stuck in, we're stuck in the past. We need to catch up with the times. Okay. So first things first, we either try and not trade away our first round pick or maybe move up in the draft to actually get a high caliber offense, um, like a QB or maybe a wide receiver. Um, or, like Chris said, maybe go after some guys, you know, fucking shit ton of money that we need to do something with. And this doesn't work with what we are doing now. We, we so, do have a lot of money. We do have a lot of money. Exactly. And Bill Belichick is freaking greedy with this shit and drives you bananas. Go out and sign an actual QB for a long extension and, and do something with it or a wide receiver or, or defense. Not this next man up shit because it's not, obviously it's not working, right? Because Brady's gone. We're like, oh, shit, we're – you know, fuck, we're, we're down by 14 in the third. We, don't, we have no one to rely on. You can't trust Cam Newton, Stidham, Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, we, we need to make some some pretty good moves. I would either stop by not trading away the first-round pick, moving up, or um, going after some high-caliber guys like the rest of the league does. Totally agree. I think a top-tier receiver and a quarterback change would be great there. Like a Derek carr Allen Robinson combo would be pretty juicy. Uh, mm -hmm. Just and, and they have the cap and they have the moves to make it boys. Absolute pleasure having you on. It's middle of the day here. You both taking some time out of the work and life schedules to jump on kind of a bonus pod. If you will, I wanted to make sure to have you guys on as the, uh, the house Patriots fans, the Brady fans. And, you know, as of yesterday and the last 20 years, there's a lot of quote unquote Brady fans out there. Uh, but you guys have been, have been the real ones for 20 years and I respect that and appreciate it. And uh, again, congratulations to you guys and, and um, you know, the fandom, it's cool as shit. I've, I've watched a couple of Niner Super Bowls. Unfortunately, they're uh, you know, only one under my belt since I've been watching. So maybe I should shut the fucking TV off when they come on, but congratulations to you guys. I hope you had a wonderful time yesterday. You're also all getting healthy after a, a family COVID scare there. So blessings uh, over there. Drink your vitamins and get your rest. But I um, appreciate you guys jumping on, man. Before we get out of here, please let all the TCK Potters know. It's been a couple of weeks since you've been on. So remind everybody where they can find all your content, including Kamish Bets and the Dynasty program as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we're obviously, you know, turning the uh, turning the page on the fantasy season. You can obviously go check us out on our podcast, the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. We are currently running our Dynasty Focus podcast right now, and then me and Alex and Eric are going to be doing sort of our usual segments as the you know as sort of a weekly uh, mix in with the Dynasty content. We are also adding a few writers. We're going to be doing some writing. 
um, for the website, which you can find on www.thecommissbrand.com. And we always implore everyone who goes on to go ahead and submit your name and your email address to sign up for the newsletter. We'll be getting that rolling in a couple of, probably in a couple of months. We're not quite there ready yet to start distributing it on a weekly basis. But as the season ramps up, we're going to be getting content out via email to our subscribers, um, especially, you know, as, as Dynasty, you know, starts to get underway. So, uh, you know, if you're a Dynasty person, go start to follow the Dynasty content. It's called the Commission Dynasty. Um, and then Alex and Eric uh, and, uh, and, and, and uh, Desmond are, you know, really kind of heading up the Commission Bets um, episodes and obviously you know we're you know turning the turn the page here in 2021 so you know they'll probably start to wind that down until the season you know kicks back up again but you know alex i think you guys are going to be closing out with uh with desmond and chad uh probably the next week or so yeah so yeah so actually we're going to try probably put in another um another episode on uh so apparently you can bet on this where people get drafted so oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna to uh, we're gonna try and do an episode on that. So we're gonna have to do our research. And very cool. Figure some shit out. Yep. Very awesome. cool. I would love to have uh, if you guys couldn't, you know, if you guys wouldn't mind having some of your booking agents uh, reach out to some of my booking agents. I would love to throw a bone out to my boys Lucas Kaser <laughs> and Dweez Nuts. Uh, they are big time, big time in player props. We didn't do it on the podcast live, but we did do it behind the scenes on some spreadsheets. Um, we, we did a pretty heavy bet uh, over the Super Bowl as well. So I know that Dewey's and Lucas are pretty heavy in um, bets as well. And I'm sure there would be a nice fresh take. And of course, we'd love to have you guys on as well. Always a pleasure, boys. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Thank you again for jumping on TCK Potters. Make sure you go check out the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast, all of the different sites. They got a website. They got merchandise. Go check it out. Give us support on social media. Of course, you can find us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Give a five-star review and rating anywhere you're listening to the podcast. And we much, much appreciate it from my boys, good friends, the family of the TCK pod, Alex and Chris Benavides of the commish fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. It's a wrap on the 2020 NFL season. We're coming at you live for the 2021 stick with us. and We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.